This is a Soul Fire production. Hi, this is Kimberly Kleiman Lee, executive coach, performance consultant, and host of the Do I Dare podcast. If you're a leader who wants to inspire, empower, and raise the leadership bar, then you have come to the right place, my friend. Here you will get access to powerful yet practical solutions that elevate your performance and dissolve roadblocks. Do you dare to lead in a way that moves the needle and scales the impact? Yeah? Then let's do it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Do I Dare podcast. I'm Kimberly Kleiman Lee, your host, recording this particular episode from gorgeous Palm Springs, California. Bob and I took the kids for a much-needed change of scenery, dose of sun, and some quality family time. I must say it has been spectacular except for perhaps the daunting realization that my kids, now ages 19, 17, and 15, know nothing about music from the 80s, which I consider to be my era. This was prompted by my oldest proclaiming, who is Elton John? I quickly connected to the car's audio system as we drove up to Joshua Tree for a small hiking excursion. And I instantly began to test their knowledge. So song after song, asking them the name of the song and who sang the song. I got nothing. Janet Jackson, Madonna, U2, Elton John, Depeche Mode, The Cure, nothing. We're going to definitely rectify that between now and the end of our vacation. This vacation has been a different one for me. Usually when on vacation, I look forward to sleeping in and starting my day a lot later than my typical 6 a.m. workday, but not this time. It's a welcome change, and this podcast will let you in on the intention behind that. You see, a few months ago, I saw a book recommendation on social media. It was called The Miracle Morning by a guy named Hal Elrod. Then a few weeks later, a colleague mentioned it, and then another few weeks went by, and my cousin Alex raved about what it had done for him. That was enough for me to check it out for myself, and I've been at it for almost two months now, and it quite literally has changed not only how I approach my days, but how I approach many parts of my life. I'm more focused, more intentional, and definitely more productive. And of course, whenever I find something that works, I have this innate desire to share it with others. So that's what today's episode is dedicated to. Of course, I'll put Hal's uh, book uh, name, link to his website, and he even has a documentary. I'll put all of that stuff in the show notes for you. But let me summarize his methodology and the way I put it into practice for myself. His life story in and of itself is quite a miracle. He was in a debilitating car accident. He almost lost everything he had in the financial crisis. And he most recently overcame a stage four cancer diagnosis. He created this practice and wrote this book somewhere between his second and third life test. And he credits this work for actually helping him get into remission. Again, another miracle. As the story goes, he was curious about daily routines and habits of the most successful people on the planet. He wanted to know what they did to stay focused and intentional. At the end of his research, he accumulated six daily practices that the people he studied did every morning and without fail. Some did three practices, some did four or five, but he couldn't find anyone who did all six. That became the miracle morning formula that he ended up writing about. 
He combined all six of those into a very clever acronym, SAVERS. So he calls them lifesavers, S-A-V-E-R-S. The word SAVERS, the acronym, stands for the six practices he recommends be done daily. It stands for silence, affirmation, visualization, exercise, read, and scribe. In his teachings, he recommends that the reader rise an hour earlier and complete each of these six behaviors in 10-minute increments, all, of course, totaling that one hour. I already did three of the six practices, so I was intrigued on what adding the other three might do for me, especially if completed all before my typical day started. Although I tend to start work between 6 and 7 a.m. already, I would definitely not call myself a morning person. I start my workday at that time really just to accommodate calls with Asia or ambitious East Coast clients. Even then, I always felt like I was starting my day behind schedule. I'm not quite as prepared as I wanted to be, and I often felt rushed and unsettled, sometimes not being able to even uh, plan enough time to get my cup of coffee going in the morning. So this new practice would have me waking then somewhere between 4.30 and 5 o'clock every morning. I couldn't even imagine that. I was a bit reluctant to say the least, but I definitely wanted to try it. I leaned in, but unlike my usual self when I'm trying something new, where I give it 110% on day one and move forward full steam, I decided to ease into this one at the coaxing of my cousin. And I did a little bit every day for the first week of trying it. I read the book fully, took notes, and then went back and did it section by section. The second week, I doubled my efforts. And for the last six weeks, I've been all in, in my way. And I'll talk about how I've modified this in in just a bit. In this episode, I'll give you an overview of the six behaviors and my modified practice of them. I'd become so fascinated with my new routine that, uh, again, I'd like to dedicate the next three or so podcasts to this topic. When I find something that works for me, again, I make the assumption that it could work for others, and I definitely want to share. So again, the acronym is SAVERS, S-A-V-E-R-S. Let's start with the S. The S stands for silence. In this case, he recommends that you sit in silence for the first 10 minutes of your morning routine. Now, silence could represent prayer or meditation, which is what I do. This is any behavior that really settles your soul, something that makes you more aware of your breathing and that helps you tune into your greater purpose. Full disclosure, I've tried all sorts of meditative practices, apps, guided visualization, I've gone on meditation retreats, you name it. I never really felt very successful at it, if you're supposed to be successful. I didn't think I was good at it. I couldn't calm my brain. I couldn't sit still. Um, I got antsy. My my mind would start to go to to-dos and tasks and replaying conversations in my head, all of which I thought was the antithesis of what you were supposed to be doing when you meditated. So this was a very painful process to me, but several years ago, I found and invested in uh, TM, Transcendental Meditation. I took a course, it's a one-on-one course with a certified instructor about three years ago, and I've been practicing ever since, but not as consistently as I would like. So for those of you who know TM, it's practice for 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the mid-afternoon. Now, there are all sorts of scientific benefits to the practice of meditation, and one of my next podcasts will definitely be dedicated to this topic alone. I'll put a few links to the TM resources in my show notes. Again, I think it's worth checking out for those of you who, like me, want to do it, but couldn't figure out how to help your brain lean into it. 
For now, though, just practice sitting in silence or in observation for 10 minutes, eyes open or closed, doesn't matter. I think you'll begin to see a difference with even that small change. The second practice, the A in savers, is for affirmations. He's even kind enough to share his own affirmations for those who need a little bit of help getting started, and that was me for sure. The science behind this is really quite simple. We talk to ourselves all the time. Most of it uh, is not very kind or productive. Structured affirmations change the content of all of that self-talk. Affirmations help you to construct and control the messages that you most need to hear. I spent a couple weeks actually crafting my own 10 affirmations and based them on the goals and needs I have right now. So as you can imagine, they focused on things like my health and wellness, my relationships, my work ambitions, etc. This wasn't a common practice for me, I've got to say, prior to reading this um, book. I always thought affirmations or even the kind of out loud articulating of them was a bit woo-woo. Um, but as I am doing more research and study around this, I'm finding that it really is quite powerful. Again, we do it already. We um, affirm uh, comments, uh, thoughts, etc., in our heads all the time, but rarely do we control uh, what those thoughts are. That's all an affirmation is. It's the control of the thoughts you want to hear. Think of it like garbage in, garbage out. The more you have positive, productive, loving thoughts going in, the more your behavior will tend to align. So when you study human behavior like I do for a living, you hear about this stuff quite a bit, but I really have not um, ever thought or been curious enough to try it for myself. So this was my effort. What I really liked about his approach, um, quite frankly, is his nighttime routine. He reminds you that the thoughts you have in your head right before you go to sleep are the thoughts that will marinate in your mind for the next seven, eight, maybe even nine hours. So for example, when I go to bed later than I want to, I start to think about how tired I'm going to be the next morning. And then I start to get frustrated and maybe even angry. I worry that I might not wake up on time or I might not be able to perform at my best all because I'm going to be tired and not um, as well rested as I would like. Before I know it, I'd begin to dread the thought of a 6 a.m. alarm. I'd put it on snooze several times over until I absolutely had to get up and get ready for the day. Uh, even though I work out of my home, I like to have my bed made, I like to be fully dressed and ready to go, just as if I were going into an office. But I woke most days feeling unrested and anxious. So I wrote a couple of affirmations that I read right before I go to bed. And this, quite frankly, has made all the difference. V for visualization is the next behavior Hal recommends. And I need to do more work on this one for sure. I would love to share my progress with you later. So stay tuned uh, for either smaller updates or perhaps even an entire episode. But a couple of folks in mind that might be able to help me and hopefully help you through this one. Think of this as a good old-fashioned vision board of sorts. It's a way that you can put imagery in front of you so that you see it often, you pass uh, by it perhaps on your way to your, uh, your room or your workout area, perhaps your office for those of you who work at home. It's something that you want to see often, something you want to study, something you want to have top of mind as often as possible. What I like about his approach is that he doesn't believe in posting a pile of money on your vision board. And uh, with the assumption that you will get that pile of money days later. So 
that's oftentimes why I've, I haven't bought into vision boards as, as much as I um, perhaps have heard I should. Um, instead, he is all about the action. And that's when I knew he was my people. He wants you to visualize the journey as much as the outcome. So A to Z requires a whole alphabet of work in between. That's definitely his approach. He tells a great story of when he first started uh, running. Uh, He was not a runner prior to this. And he actually would visualize uh, where his workout clothes were. He'd visualize him getting dressed and tying his shoes, getting ready or preparing for the run. He'd visualize himself walking to the front door, putting his hand on the doorknob, doorknob, opening the door and seeing the path stretched out before him. Uh, He'd visualize what it felt like to have his feet hit the ground the very first time. Again, all of this was preparing his brain and something that I'd read about um, sports figures doing for years, visualizing the action of them perfecting their craft and then actually going on to do so. He believes in doing the work. He visualizes himself completing these small actions uh, in order to achieve his larger goal. I just love that. And again, stay tuned to hear about my progress on this one. It's one that I definitely need to do more work with. The E in his acronym is for exercise. Now, you might be thinking, again, each of these is 10 minutes in length, one hour total. How can 10 minutes of exercise be worth it? I modified this one a bit for me. So I use my 10 minutes in the morning for stretching, um, maybe some yoga. And that's how I start my day. I will do my exercise then later because I do tend to have a 30 minute exercise routine if I'm doing a treadmill or I try to get in an hour long walk uh, as the weather permits outside. The intention here is simply to get your body moving and get it ready for the day. And that's where stretching is just perfect for me. He happens to be a fan of the seven minute workout. So he talks about it quite a bit either in his book and and on his um, documentary. So for those of you who hadn't heard about that one, I think it went popular about a decade ago, might be one to to give a try um, or to fit in your own version of it. Again, modify this so that it fits your life, but definitely be prepared to reap the benefits no matter in what form it takes. The R uh, in his acronym is for reading. So of all six behaviors, this is the one that's probably my strongest. I tend to read a book every week or so, um, and I read the news probably about an hour a day, different forms. Um, Apple News tends to be uh, my go-to, although it's based on an algorithm, as I'm sure you guys all realize. So I like to get out there and search for things that are perhaps outside of the algorithm that was built for me um, to ensure that I'm getting a, a balanced view of what's going on in the world. But regardless, I do feel like I do my fair share and then some of reading. His emphasis, of course, is on doing 10 minutes of reading for personal development. So, for example, if you want to focus on your nutrition, um, read a book about that. If you want to be better at managing your money, read about that. Want stronger relationships? I'm sure there's plenty of books out there about that, of course. So 10 minutes a day fills your head with the knowledge you need to know better and ultimately do better. So let's round this out with the second S. So SAVERS, final S, stands for scribe. Um, In essence, writing, journaling. The leaders he studied were journalers, uh, folks who would write down their thoughts, their gratitude, um, their concerns, problems they were having, and this is how they figured it out. So this could come in many forms, but it should be a physical activity. You could journal about the previous day or how you were feeling in the moment. You could journal about, um, as I mentioned, 
things that you're grateful for, people that you're grateful for, great things that have happened to you. You could also journal about challenges that you're having, um, maybe goals and ambitions that you want to accomplish and some of your thoughts about doing that. You can journal about something you're struggling with, with the hopes that writing will give you the clarity that you need to resolve it. That's what happens to me most often than not. His recommendation is to journal for 10 minutes every day in whatever form is productive for you. But the physical act of writing is the game changer. So in this case, I um, also subscribe to Michael Hyatt's Full Focus Planner System. I've been doing this for quite a while now. It's kind of part calendar, part goal and ambition management. I have now combined that practice, the Full Focus Planner, with my new habits from the Miracle Morning. And I've created a routine that works for me. So the full focus planner is not only where I pay attention to my goals and ambitions, but it's also where I write out my affirmations. I have some visualization there. Um, and again, I'll journal for the day. I'll break this down for you in an upcoming podcast. So stay tuned on that recommendation. So eight weeks in, how am I doing? Let me just give you the, the run through. The results have been transformational, quite frankly. I wake somewhere between 4.30 and 5 a.m. every day. Um, and not to an alarm, which has been probably one of the biggest surprises. I haven't not woken to an alarm since grade school. It's almost as if my body was looking forward to my new morning routine and wants to ensure that I wake to enjoy it. I'm calmer. I'm more settled. I'm more productive. I'm planned for the day and prepared. I have reviewed my schedule both at night, first thing in the morning. My head is in an optimistic state before my morning cup of coffee is even complete. And yes, I do get my morning cup of coffee before my first meeting start. On the days where my calls start later than six or seven, I fit in a workout. I listen to a podcast. I do some extra reading or I complete home or family tasks that need to be taken care of. Because I was usually on calls by the time my kids were leaving for school, I rarely got to see them in the morning. Now my new morning routine ends just as they're waking up. And I'm awake when they're awake, something I haven't been since they were in middle school. The downside, I can truly only think of one. Quite frankly, I am already for bed between 8 and 9 p.m. I used to go to bed between 11 and midnight, so this took some getting used to for me. Adapting to my nighttime routine, quite frankly, was much harder for me than adopting this new morning routine. But I'm sure I will get more comfortable with it as uh, time goes on. So now it's your turn. I encourage you to create a morning routine that works for you. Let Hal uh, Elrod's approach inspire you. Again, the book is called The Morning Miracle. Check out my show notes for links to his documentary and his website. I'm going to stay on this topic for the next couple podcast episodes, specifically diving into meditation, reading, and journaling for sure. As I make progress on the visualization behavior, I'll make sure that I give you an update. I can't wait to hear how and what you dare to do next. Bye for now. Thanks again for listening to the Do I Dare podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share. And we'd love to hear from you. DM us on Instagram or LinkedIn. Share a topic of interest or a struggle that's top of mind for you. We'll give you a shout out on a future podcast. And for more information about Do I Dare and all things leadership, visit KimberlyKlimanLee.com, sign up for our weekly newsletter, and stay tuned for exclusive content access 
to the tools and resources you need to lead. 